Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Black Milk. I have not been on here in a very long time because the nature of this platform is for moments where I'm particularly vulnerable and opened and emotional, whereas my lives on Instagram are more driven by passion and conviction and sometimes spice and anger and all those other things that would deem me problematic, right? But the topic of today is the dark truth regarding gossip, spiritual immaturity, and authenticity. And what's inspiring me to speak about this is a situation that happened to me literally in the last two days. I'm not going to disclose any names or identities, not only for confidentiality's sake, but because oftentimes when I do things like that, it takes away from the depth and significant of, significance of the message. And when you come from our culture, <laughs> we get hung up on, on things that make our adrenaline spike. And I don't want to create this kind of space tonight. So I had a situation with an associate and I'm not going to say a friend because this is not a friendship. And even this element of the situation is something that we need to talk about. We need to stop calling each other friends when we don't uphold standards and integrity that are usually displayed in a friendship. You can say that you love someone but if you don't hold space for them or try to, because sometimes we, we simply don't have space, right? But when you care about someone and you claim that you love someone, you're honest with them, you're authentic with them, you hold space for them. And if you can't hold space for them, you let them know that you can't and you let them know why. And before, before anything, you have to honor yourself. And I find that in our communities, and by our communities, I mean people of color. This is what this phase of my life it, it seems to be encompassing. Um, it's something that's coming up for me, something that's very deep and ancestral that I have to speak on and animate and express to whatever capacity I see fit until there is no more. Um, but in our communities, we, we throw the word friend around very loosely. And I can go on and on and on about why we don't value friendship and why we don't understand friendship, but that's a conversation for another day. So I'm going to say that in this situation, it was an associate because this is not a friend. Okay. And you don't have to talk about me or betray me or any of those things for me to not deem you my friend. There just has to be either a lack of authenticity or a lack of, um, a lack of an ability to hold space and be true and, and show up. You know, those things also make me denounce the presence of a friendship. So keep in mind that just because something isn't turbulent and just because something is comfortable does not mean that it's an actual friendship. And this is something that us as sisters, as friends, as mothers and daughters, as aunts and nieces need to understand and take into our social lives because we act surprised when we realize that people aren't our friends, but they display the traits in the beginning. And if we don't have the proper discernment and if we don't have a solid enough relationship with ourselves, we don't really notice the red flags because we don't notice red flags until it's straight up betrayal or gossip that's destructive and, and things like that. And so long story short, just to give you a little bit on me, if you're new here, my work is centered around community revival, meaning I'm constantly discussing people. 
And not only is my work centered around community revival, but it's centered around authenticity to whatever capacity and extent that I see fit until I've gotten it all out, until I've reclaimed whatever birthright, until I've expressed whatever through my throat chakra, whatever you want to call it. I go to whatever capacity and I don't hold back because I have to get these things out, be them toxic, be them mean, be them shady, be them funny, be them. I'm not biased when it comes to letting real shit out. And that's something that I think breeds a lot of shame and embarrassment and guilt. And there's no reason as to why you should feel shame and guilt and and all these other things about how you are in a given moment. This is not to say that you're going to be that way forever. I'm not going to be shady forever. I'm not going to be angry forever. I'm not going to be sad forever. These are emotions that are fleeting, that come and go, depending on a life circumstance and depend, depending on what uh, cycle of your life that you're in. These are not fixed, permanent emotions. And the way that we approach them when we feel things and when we say things and when we think things, it's almost as if we have this this fear, this innate fear that someone is going to pin us to that emotion and never see us any kind of other way. And this is a space that I think that we need to cultivate and that we need to honor when our sisters, when our friends, when our cousins, when our aunts, when our nieces, when they do things that hurt us, when they say things that are tactless, when they feel things that are purely subjective and chaotic and erratic and may not even fully encompass the the true and, and rawest circumstance that the both of you guys are dealing with, right? So I had a friend, oh, not a friend, I'm sorry, an associate that I thought was a friend because there was a lot of lip service. There was a lot of, I love you, girl. You my girl. Let's link up. Da-da-da-da-da. Now, I'm a lot older. And I mean that physically and I mean that spiritually. I'm very old. And I'm very, very spiritually intelligent and mature. Now, because of that, I have isolated myself for reasons beyond what a younger person spiritually, a more spiritually immature person would be aware of. And a part of it is a protective mechanism. But another part of it is me just being hyper aware and hyper analytical and psychoanalytical to so much of an extent that I can feel the complexities and the subtleties of people's emotions, even if they don't say anything. And most of us are sensitive and empathetic in this way, but not many of us can articulate it with as much precision as I just so happen to. And with me being able to articulate it with this much precision, either vocally on a live or mentally in my own mind, it makes me aware of the multifaceted layered nature of what a person is or is not doing. And it's up to me to trust myself. It's up to me to accept when a person has not matured to that extent or capacity and to let them go on that journey alone and to trust myself. But there are times where I get into the brunt of the human experience and I'm like, okay, I don't want to be alone today. I want to go have fun today. I need a hug today. You get what I'm saying? And I'm not all of that excited about being in a human body. Like this is something that I agreed to because there's something valuable that I think I love about the human experience, which is why I come here over and over and over again. However, um, when I get into these situations where I want to experience something more human, even if I'm cognizant of the actual, real, raw circumstance, that doesn't stop me from going through it. When I get into a situation with a man or a woman, 
I usually know what I'm dealing with the moment that I walk in. And that doesn't stop me because that would then mean that my love is conditional and that I'm not being real with myself about what I want to experience. And that experience isn't contingent on what the person gives me or who they pretend to be for me. It's contingent on the things inside of me that are deeply wedged away that I want to see come out and express themselves. And this is what I'm doing with you guys tonight. And so this associate of mine, she reached out to me a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago, more so, because my son is only one. And my son was very young and she expressed how she loved my work and I inspired her to relocate and I inspired this and I inspired that and she wanted to treat me to lunch. And you know I'm greedy, so I loved food, so I went on and I came and I was very nervous because I don't click up, link up, meet up with anybody, especially not women because I know women to be very pretentious sometimes and I know women to take great pride in the facades that they carefully construct to so much of an extent that they believe that the facade is real and I'm not going to sit around and convince you that it's fake because you've chosen to let your your identity uh, be intermeshed into something that's not real. And so I meet up with her and she has so much reverence for me and she has so much respect for me and I didn't know how to take it because I had never agreed to meet up with anybody until this point in this way. Um, and this is when I first started having an impact on Instagram. So I just took a chance and I was like, wow, you know, her and her partner are cool. And as time went by, we stayed in contact. I invited her over in my house. I, you know, I did different activities with her, emotional activities. We had girl talk. She cooked for us. Um, we had picnics. We met up. We went places. We hung out a lot. And at that time, I was in America. She was in America and she was going to relocate. And I was still, you know, sorting through some karmic things in the States before I decided to go back to Costa Rica. Um, so she ended up going back before me and, you know, I watched her journey unfold and I was so proud and so honored that me just choosing to listen to myself inspired someone else to listen to themselves. Now, fast forward, we're not, our relationship wasn't the type of thing where we talked every day. And I typically don't need to talk to somebody every day to consider it a friendship. I need a lot of space. I need a lot of boundaries. I need a lot of time to myself. So talking every day isn't really what makes me feel that you're my friend. And when we would talk, there was always a lot of love. There was always a lot of realness. There was always a lot of authenticity. There was always a lot of just, she felt like home, you know, a facet of home, one of many facets, but she felt like a real person. And I don't know exactly what took place wherever she was when she was in Costa Rica. But I do know that she was with a, light, a lot of light workers, a lot of pretentious people, people that were heavy on that love and light tip and people that from my vantage point didn't seem like they were very interested in holding themselves accountable, being real, being authentic to whatever extent, doing shadow work. These didn't seem like people that did that kind of thing. They kind of looked like they wanted to live and, and exist in this how do I say it? This delusion that everything is cherries and bonbons. And anyone that knows me knows that I know that that's not a real thing. It's very unbalanced. It's very unhealthy. And eventually it's going to come out in ways that might make you feel like maybe you should have just expressed it when the emotion first came about. But anyway, I don't know what happened there. I'm not going to pretend that I do. I'm not going to make an assumption. However, I know what I look at when I look at things. Um, I met a few of the people. Many of them were Europeans. 
most Europeans in Costa Rica are, are light workers. And I was like, you know, get it how you live. Even then, you know, it wasn't really a judgmental thing. It was more so like I empathized with coming from black culture and coming from a culture where you're not accepted um, for being giddy and being happy and being happy-go-lucky and being positive. It's not something that is... Uh, that people pay reverence to. It's not something that people in the black community admire being happy all the time, like energetically and physically and showing it and being shameless and showing joy and vulnerability and emotions. It's not something that's very nurtured in our culture and our communities. So I understand firsthand how being around your around Europeans and light workers can be a source of coddling and comfort and just a, a safe space for what we've come from. And I can't say if this was the her exact experience because again, I would just be assuming. But from a very broad standpoint, I understand that melanated people or people that still believe themselves to be black people, they gravitate toward love and light people because it's easier, it's softer. And even though it's very inauthentic and pretentious when you take it too far, um, it's it provides a source of nurturing that we don't really get growing up, you know, especially those of us that grew up with rough upbringings. So time goes by. We we start to lose contact and not really because we were just falling apart or getting distant because we already didn't have that close of a uh, communicative relationship. But there was a point where I would say, hey, how are you? And energetically, I could feel that something was terribly wrong. And she would be like, everything's fine. It's great. This, you know, the energies are rising and falling and going around and around. And I'm just in it and I'm submitting and I'm I'm flowing. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> talk to me. I don't I can guess that you're going through distress. But all that other abstract shit means absolutely nothing. You might as well stay silent and say, hey, I'm not ready to talk about it. And when she began doing this or engaging in this light worker banter with me, one of the times, you know how I am, I was like, can you just say what you mean? Like, why are you talking like that? Why are you <laughs> dancing around what I'm saying to you? And if you don't want to talk about it, I respect that. Just say that to me. And it felt like she lost her ability to speak up for herself. She lost uh, over there. Whatever happened over there, she lost her ability to be herself, her authentic self, whatever that might look like. And while this might be a phase and while she might transcend this and overcome it and reclaim these parts of herself whenever it's time, because she doesn't evolve on my time. From my observation, I noticed that she lost something very sacred or she gave something very sacred away or maybe she never fucking had it. I don't know. But I do know that when I met her. Like I said, it felt like home. It felt thorough. It felt solid. And when I would tell others about her, I would be like, she's real. She's solid. I love her. She's family. Um, and we don't have to live together or build a village together or talk every day for me to feel that way because I can feel energy. I can feel when someone's genuine and loving. So, you know, when I called her out on it, I was like, what are, what are you saying? Like, just say what you're saying. trying to say. Like, you know how I am. You don't have to talk to me like that. And she was just so uncomfortable, it seems. She was like, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know what, like, you can feel it. So why do I have to, like, and I'm like, it's not that you have to say it. It's just that I want to understand 
why you don't feel safe to say it, why you don't want to hear yourself say it out loud. So after that, I pretty much got sick of the elusive, abstract lightworker banter that got nowhere. I got sick of listening to my quote unquote friend uh, speak like everything was great and flowing and, 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 and rising and falling and all this other verbiage while feeling like she had this heavy thing on her. And there was a time where I was like, I feel what's going on with you. And you know what, if you don't feel comfortable communicating that with me, just know that I feel you. And I hope you get through it. And she was like, Yeah, I am. And thank you. So she acknowledged that she was going through something that she just didn't have the strength or the authenticity level or whatever to convey. And it's not her place to convey it to me. It's just that, again, when you call yourself someone's friend or you tell someone that you love them or have love for them, there's a certain space that I would think that you would hold or a certain comfort that you would think that a person would hold. So time goes by, maybe even a year now at this point. And obviously, I come back to the tropics. Um, she didn't live in the same area that I lived in. And I continued to watch her from a distance. And she grew to be this very not popular force online, um, but just an aesthetic. You know, she grew to be a facade, an Internet facade. And she wasn't an influencer like myself, but she had admirers. And I just was like, OK, yes, yes. You know, just, you know, regular female shit. And as time goes by and I'm like, we got a link, we got a link, we got a link when we finally get in a position to link. There had been a lot that had transpired, um, a lot that had been traumatizing, a lot of betrayal that she went through that she shared with me very briefly. Um, I will say that she never, ever, ever wanted to talk about it. And I never really wanted to force her to talk about it. But it just sometimes it feels natural that like when you're like, how are you? And it's like, I'm not doing OK. Oh, why not? All of this is happening and it makes me feel like this and I don't know what to do. Like, that's what I see as sisterhood. That's what I see as friendship. That's what I see as authenticity. Or on the flip side of that saying, I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm still deeply processing it. And so that you know, friend, that I love so much or whatever you're per perpetuating, um, this is how I, I handle things. And so don't think that I don't want to talk to you, but this is just where I'm at with it. And I can respect that. That's what I call efficient and honest communication. I'm not saying you have to submit to me or share things with me that is none of my business, but don't throw around the word love and friendship loosely like that and don't make promises that you can't keep. So uh, eventually um, we end up linking up and a couple of weird things take place. So she comes over and she drops off her stuff at my house and she leaves for a week. And I was like, oh, we're we're storage. OK, yeah, like and I just cracked the joke. I kept it pushing. And when she finally finishes whatever she's doing in whatever area, she comes back and she shares a bunch of stuff with us about her, her journey and her art and all these different things that she's working on. But that was literally the peak of the conversation for her. And she didn't have the depth that I remember her having. She didn't have the realness, the rawness, the, the solidness that I always ranted and raved about her having. She didn't have it. It wasn't there. It was gone. It dissolved. And I was a little off put. You know, she hugged me 
and she embraced me and she was very physical with me, but it was empty and it was void and it was fake. And I couldn't put my finger on what was going on, but I just was like, you know what, let me just observe her. And when she came back, she just worked on my laptop. She just used my laptop the entire time. And one of her love languages is cooking. So she's like, I'm going to cook for you guys. And I'm greedy. So I'm like, yay. And she cooks a meal and she butchers it. Now, I'm very psychoanalytical, very psycho spiritually driven in my perceptions and my interpretations of what I'm observing. And when you fuck up some food to that extent, I mean, you're trying and you're trying and you're burning it and you're butchering it and you're just like, I'm like, either you're not processing some emotions or you're not fucking with me or you're holding in a burnt ass, butchered ass emotion and your food is telling on you. And she looked so ashamed of herself. And, you know, I, I, I gave her credit where it was, you know, where it was due. And you could tell that she was very ashamed of herself. I don't know if she was cognizant enough to know that her food was telling on her, but I was. And I didn't say anything. I gave her credit where things were a little tasty, but most of it was burnt and loveless. And I think that that spoke a lot for how she felt despite the the facade and the image that I had been seeing online because again I haven't been around her physically all I saw was her internet persona which over the years has slowly but surely become very different from who she is in person and when I saw her in person she felt very dark and she felt very unhappy and she felt very like she was disgusted with something and initially I didn't know that it, it might have been me I was like oh shit maybe she's going through something maybe something's happening and she's having a hard time processing it just like back then when we would talk and she would leave me these elusive messages that made no goddamn sense but I was spiritually uh mature enough to interpret them without her having to explain herself and so the same thing in physical reality is happening now where I feel all this dark thing, all these dark things, and I'm feeling her repel me and I'm feeling her rejecting me and I'm feeling her holding things in. And this is where the discussion of gossip comes in. Now, I always tell people gossip is something that has been jaded by the destroying and the separating of village and community. I feel like gossipers are women that were previously storytellers, women that were counselors, women that were mediators, women that solved problems. But when our communities became dysfunctional and when our productivity in regards to our connection with ourselves and our loved ones and, our, and the planet and our families, when that got obstructed, our ability to have constructive, productive, grounded authentic conversations even if it entailed conflict and discomfort it had substance it had direction it had depth right so when the community and the village is obstructed to such an extent over generations and generations and generations you have gossipers and to break down the psychology of a gossiper from my vantage point a gossiper is a person that is speaking about what they observe authentically they're laughing about it. They're cracking jokes about it. They're they're mad about it. They're disappointed about it. They're they're shady about it, whatever it is. And it's reflective of the dishonesty and the discomfort that we have as sisters with one another, the inauthenticity, the facades, the competition, the not being able to be real with one another, the, the, the inability to efficiently communicate emotions 
That's why people gossip. People gossip because there's no space. People gossip because they are afraid to share their thoughts and to speak their minds. People gossip because they're passive aggressive. People gossip because of shame, because of dysfunction, because of the dismantling of the the colored family, of the African family, of the village, whatever you want to call it. I'm no historian, but I know that our family structures are very toxic and our friendships trick are, are an extension of that and have those those toxicities have trickled out into our friendships as sisters, as mothers and daughters, as aunts and nieces, etc. And so when I go through things with people, okay, I'm not a social butterfly. I may be authentic, I may speak my mind, I may be I may have conviction when I speak, I might be outspoken, but I don't go around and say, Hi, I'm Nicole, who are you? Let's be friends. That's not in my personality construct. But when I do open up, And when I do make space for things that I can perceive may not ever serve me in the way that I prefer it to and go through with the experience anyway, because I know that there's a lesson in everything, because my relationship with duality is very different from everybody else, because I've done a lot of work to mend that. Right. When I speak about people, about situations, about my feelings, about my observations, most of what I say is reflective of where I'm at. Most of what I say is reflective of things that I have or have not worked through. Most of what I say is reflective of emotions that I have and have not healed. And you have to take that into great consideration when you listen to somebody speak about a situation before you just say it's gossip. Because gossip is a very broad term and you can leave it up to interpretation by the person using the word. Right. Shit. Gossip is in the eye of the beholder. What is gossip? Is it just that we all fucking hate each other and we talk shit about each other because we want to see one another die and get destroyed and be unhappy? Absolutely not. We gossip because we're fucking scared. We gossip because we're fucking worried about one another because we fucking care. But we come from such dysfunctional, emotionally unintelligent family structures that when we care and when we're disappointed in our sisters... And when we want to give our sisters advice, there's no fucking space. And so we fucking gossip. We gossip. We gossip. We all do it. The only thing that a a sister over here and a sister over there could really say is that I don't gossip with certain people because they can't hold water. Or I don't gossip because I don't I'm not about drama or I don't gossip because that's fake. That's relative. And if we were real enough to call that shit out when we saw it, we could get a lot further. And if we were real enough to ask each other questions instead of fighting and throwing shade and lying and and, and holding our tongues and being the quote unquote bigger person. And acting like we don't care and acting like we're not moved and pretending and and, and swallowing everything that we want to say and express. When we do that. We create a fucking virus in our communities and it's already enough viruses. We don't need more from the fucking women. So going back to myself, I'm not a very social person. When I do open myself to to social interactions and potential friendships and potential sisterhoods and anything that entails a bond of any kind of depth or emotional significance, I'm in it. I'm so motherfucking in it. 
It's either all or nothing. I'm an extremist. Either I'm not fucking with you or I'm going to fuck with you all the way until I'm given a reason not to. Right? And so when I met up with her, I had been through so many more situations, socially speaking, than I think I had ever gone through in my more awakened, conscious adult years. When I relocated to Honduras and I lived in a commune, I learned everything that I needed to know about gossip and the true nature of it from a from a place of really wanting to see community thrive. And even if it gets ugly before it gets beautiful, continuing to show up and not breaking my sister's characters down because they have underdeveloped awareness and they have underdeveloped intentions. Having enough cognizance because I work on myself to such a degree because I'm so spiritually mature because I want to be and I strive to be right that I see beyond what people try to pin different dense labels on. So, for instance, to sidetrack a little bit, when I was living in Honduras, we were at a place called Holistic Life. And this was a commune where we went and we ate together and a guy named Carrie cooked us food. And it was about 11 of us in a house. Some of us, most of us had kids, kids running around. We all eating together. We all you know, talking to each other. Sometimes arguments happen. Sometimes disagreements publicly happen. And while I don't feel like things were handled the best, they were handled. Niggas tried. We tried. Right? Even if it, it ended up in a curse out or an argument or a heated discussion, we tried. And we succeeded many of those times. We may not have reached the capacity that we feel that we should reach with our communities, but it's a work in progress. When I was at Holistic Life Village, me and this one girl hated each other. She was closed off and I was closed off and we both didn't know how to handle that. She didn't want me poking around in her subconscious and I didn't want her, you know, repelling me the way that she repelled me because she just was how she was amongst many other things. And gossip took place. I would be angry and I would express how I felt about her. Did I express it to her? No, because she didn't have space for it. And then after a point, I said, fuck it. I'm going to make space for it for her and violated her boundaries. And it was the best thing that I could have ever fucking did because somebody has to do it. What are we going to do? Sit around and lie to each other? Sit around and pretend that we like each other when we don't? Sit around and act like we don't got fucking time for nothing? But you got time for niggas to, to cheat on you and betray you and treat you like shit. But you ain't got time for your sisters. In their low or high moments, you only want sisters when they're making you laugh and when they're making you happy and when they're pacifying your emotions and when they're babysitting your emotions and when they're not, quote unquote, gossiping. You can't handle when your sisters are being real with you about how they feel and what they go through. Right. So in Holistic Life Village, gossip took place. I quote unquote gossiped about how I felt about the girl and the girl quote unquote gossiped about how she felt about me. And we gossiped quote unquote to the same woman. And guess what the woman did, which tells you a lot about the woman's character. This is why the term gossip needs to be put in proper context. And we need to take initiative as women to gauge that context before we jump to conclusions. Right. She brought us together. She mediated us separate from one another. She would talk to me and say, she's interested in building with you. She wants to learn more about you. And she told the same thing to the other girl. And she set up a hike for us to go on. Did it go anywhere? No. Did we talk about much? No. But we were able to coexist. 
it was a step. So while there was all this gossip taking place, quote unquote, whatever the fuck that means, while all this gossip took place, it's up to the women involved to transmute that quote unquote gossip. Because the bottom line is the girl liked me and I just wanted to love on her. I didn't fuck with her because she repelled me and she didn't fuck with me because I was too aggressive. And we're so socially retarded at this point that we can't just straight up say that to one another. And we're so traumatized and we're so scared and we're so this and we're so that to the point where we're crippled and we can't even just say some shit. And I don't like that we're like that. That shit is dysfunctional. It it makes us look like we're fucking cowards and ain't no village or community going to be on the back of a woman that can't speak up for her fucking self. Her children will be weak. She will attract weak men. She will be stepped all over. She will live a lie. She will live a fucking lie and she will die a lie. And matter of fact, she might not even die with that lie. That lie might be carried on if she has kids. So this is why it's so important for the women to deal with this shit. Because gossip is not the end all be all and gossip is not the problem. We are the problem. Gossip is not the problem in and of itself. Gossip is just a word. But when you apply context and you bring in character and you bring in authenticity of the women that you're using that word with, you get a different situation in every social group. How does that happen? How does two women that were just gossiping about each other, how do they come together and become cool? This girl now trusts me with her emotions and I felt like she was emotionally numb. She voice memos me to this day sharing how she feels and we hated each other. Not because there was anything wrong with her or there was anything wrong with me, but because we weren't communicating. I was being real, but I was being too aggressive with my realness because I wasn't honoring her boundaries. There's so much to it. It's so complex, so much more complex than we would like to admit. And women in our communities have become weak and docile in relationships, in sisterhood, in community, weak and docile and attention seeking junkies. All we want to do is look at front cameras and take selfies. All we want to do is shake our asses. All we want to do is show off our bodies. But what about our minds? What about healing? What about sisterhood? What about authenticity? What about communication? What about that shit? Where are the valuable, purposeful women with depth and substance? Where are they? They're fucking hiding. They're hiding behind internet facades. They're hiding behind love and light. They're hiding behind light workers. They're hiding behind white women. They're prancing around in hippie circles. They're wearing flowers on their head and pretending that their traumas are not affecting them. And then they're insulting their sisters that can see straight through that because we resonate with you and we understand you far more than this white bitch. And while you seek comfort and feel comfort and and you're enjoying a space that maybe we weren't able to hold for you. You won't heal with her the way you'll heal with us. And that's straight up facts. That white bitch is not going to read you for filth because she doesn't understand that trauma. She does not speak that language. She's not going to pull that shadow out of you. She's not going to trigger you. She is going to pacify and coddle you, not because she wants to, but because maybe she didn't go through that much. And this is not to say that white women don't go through trauma. But if you look at the scale, 
the ratio between women of color and African people that go through shit. And European women from America and both overseas is, is, is a little different. And it's not about race. It's about culture and it's about programming. Programming a specific group to believe a specific thing about themselves. And it's up to us to overcome that. But it starts with the goddamn women. So moving right along, just to give you some context on what gossip actually is, if you actually use your mind and your mental faculties and your discernment and you don't just pass it off as another thing that you don't want to deal with because you don't have any compassion and, 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 and you don't have any tolerance for your own sisters that are going to be the ones that really help you heal. Right. So going back to the situation with this associate, she came over. She tried to cook for us. Cooking was her love language. She butchered it. I took that as a sign. I was not nourished by her food. I did not enjoy her food. That food was loveless, like I said. And that spoke for everything that I was already feeling toward her. And it spoke for her unwillingness to be real with me. Not as a friend, but just as a woman. We don't have to be friends to be real with each other. We don't have to be friends to hold space. We don't. And when she came around and we were talking, I was catching her up with what I've been going through. And ever since I left Honduras, I had so many social challenges. (laughs) Anybody that's a Virgo understands that Virgos are not the most social. I mean, once you get to know them, they're comfortable, sure. But they're very closed off and we have very brolic walls up. So when we go through social things, they're very profound for us. When we allow relationships to assume form and blossom, when we become vulnerable with people, we take that shit serious because we don't do it that often. So when we do it, we take it very seriously. It's very emotional. Right. And so being that I was going through an array of situations and lessons and realizations with so many more people than I ever had at one time. All I had to talk to her about in that moment was other people. It wasn't all hatred. It wasn't all disgust. Part of it might have been with some people. A part of it might have been my my shame. Me being ashamed of my sisters. Me being disgusted with my sisters. Me not being flattered by inauthenticity. Me not being amused or delighted with what I'm looking at. Me thinking it's trifling and it's low and it's something that I don't want to be around. That's authentic. I can feel that way. You can feel that way. And what you do with those feelings speaks more for your character than anything. And I feel like I'm more dedicated to working through those emotions than most people. It may start from a place of disgust, but then it might evolve to a place of compassion and maybe even sadness. If I give it enough energy, I can get to the baseline emotion that I actually felt that the disgust kind of served as a cloak to, to cover my sadness, you know, and when I would be telling her all of my experiences with all of these people, because my work deals with people, I may not be a people person, but I'm doing these shadow work things. I'm doing these psycho spiritual things. I'm talking to people about shamanism. I'm talking to people about karmic depth. I'm helping people from sunup to sundown. 
And I have these lessons with people that claim they want to be about community revival. I learn these lessons from sisters that I come into contact with that want to build with me. I have these lessons with my clients. I have these lessons with my followers. I deal with people more than I ever wanted to. And it scares the shit out of me sometimes. But God damn it, I don't want to be a hermit for the rest of my life. I know that I need people now. I know that I need support now. I know that I need community now. It's something that I need and I don't feel weak and vulnerable for needing it anymore. Whereas before I did. So as I'm unpacking the many uh, varieties of social situations, disappointments, disgusts, angers, unfolding of things, things that I was still in the midst of in that moment. All I felt coming from her was just rejection, repelling and disgust. And instead of saying, why do you keep talking about people or I don't fuck with this. I I don't really want to hear this. She sat there and she just watched me disgusted. And for some reason was so spiritually immature that she thought that I wouldn't feel it. And this is someone that talks about energy and love and light and transcendence and ascension and, and energies and this and that and this and that. But can hold an energy and really think that I'm not going to feel it. And, and so much so that I was like, I, I was able to interpret the complexity of what she was holding in to such a degree that I stopped mid-sentence and sharing one of my stories. And I said, how do you feel about gossip? And she blinked like seven times, like just out of like, whoa, what the fuck? Because she didn't expect that. And she was like, I feel like, you know, gossip that, you know, isn't going anywhere and it's just to be talking about people like it's not my thing and it's not something that I want to do. And some things I just don't want to talk about and some things I just don't like to talk about and some things this, this, this and that. And I said, understood. But let me give you my vantage point. And I didn't say anything about what I didn't say. You're admitting this. I look, I know she's not real at this point. So I'm not going to jump down her throat about something that she's clearly displayed that she's not willing to, to show up for and unpack. That's bullying to me at this point. Um, and so she said, I mean, I said, there's one thing to gossip and to have no solution in mind and to have no compassion and to literally do it out of the joy of seeing others misery. I've been there before, too. And the only reason I got joy out of hearing about people's struggles and shit and dramas was because I was miserable. But that's not at all the circumstance now. I don't get giddy about talking about people. I do, however, get passionate when I talk about people that I personally experience things with. My work, my purpose, my conviction is centered around community revival. What the fuck else am I supposed to be talking about? What's happening in my community that I can say is not is deserving of some some higher thing? Not much. Not much is a bunch of women prancing around, shaking their ass, pretending, lying to one another, getting their bodies done, wearing weaves, piling makeup on their faces, pretending that they just want to do it and that it has nothing to do with self-love. Loving light bitches acting like they're happy when they're not. They're miserable. And then everybody just being so spiritually immature and dead inside that they think that for some reason that other people cannot see straight through them. They genuinely think this. It's like when you look at them, it's like, oh, you can't see me hiding and pretending and really being depressed and in pain. I see you, sis. You see me too. But the difference is I'm not hiding. 
And so I explained to her in that moment because she was so inauthentic that she couldn't even just speak up and say, hey, I feel like you're gossiping and I don't want to hear it. And I would have been delighted to explain to her that I wasn't just gossiping for the sake of gossiping. I was sharing something that I personally went through with the person to whatever extent that I saw fit with no shame, with no guilt, with no bias, not holding back. Because I'm confident like that. I know how I am. I know the love that I have in my heart. I know that I empathize with people. I know that I don't want to see my people do bad. But God damn it, if I got to call my people out, if I got to express myself regarding what I observe, if I got to go spark a conversation and we go back and forth until we have a mutual understanding, I'm the one that's willing to do that more than most people that I see. And you know how isolating that is? Do you know how isolating that is to have a motherfucker sit up in front of me with a womb and some titties and lie to me like we're not both bearers of life? Do you know how that shit feels to me? That's an insult, not to my intelligence, but to this this collective of creators that we are as women, whether we want to be or not, we are. And it's disgusting. And me saying it's disgusting is not goddamn gossip. It's a reality. And I'm not saying that it's only disgusting. You can give me context. You can explain yourself. You can be real. You can be authentic. You can say what you feel and why you behave the way that you behave. But no one's doing that. So if no one's doing that, of course, when I express my observation, it's going to sound like gossip. If no one's willing to show up and have a conversation, of course, it's going to sound like gossip. Because nobody is solution based and nobody's real. And nobody's interested in it. Except me. And I take the hit. And I take the blame. And I get the shitty end of the stick because I want to talk about things that nobody wants to fucking talk about. I'll throw shade and not give a fuck. I'll be petty and not give a fuck. I'll revisit it and check myself in the end. But I'm not going to hold that shit back. That shit comes from somewhere. When you're beefing with the person and you're throwing shade, it's because you're, you're, you're being tormented by the lack of resolve. I have friends that are so motherfucking real that we can be petty together and throw shade in our anger and then circle back around and see how motherfucking silly we looked. And that shade and that pettiness and that talking about one another and that quarreling was no skin off of our bones. Why? Because our character overrode that and we was able to come back and be real with one another. Y'all women ain't real. I'm not talking about all women, but the group of women that I'm talking about, y'all need to get it the fuck together. Because our men are going to continue to be subpar. Our daughters are going to be attention-seeking junkie whores that pretend that nothing's happening when there's a bunch happening. They're going to be emotionally crippled, emotionally unintelligent, They're going to lack communication skills. They're going to lack realness and authenticity. They're going to shy away from rawness. How are we going to create and build without that? How was that supposed to happen? I would love to see how that's supposed to happen. Prancing around in a circle with cherry and bonbons with leaves on our titties and flowers on our heads. Prancing around acting like nothing's fucking happening. Let's do that after. Some of y'all bitches might have to box it out. Some of y'all might have to argue it out. We might have to get real uncomfortable before we get comfortable and can lay in each other's arms and be vulnerable and cry. And after we are women enough 
when we put on our big girl pants and stop acting like little ass fucking girls. Then we can prance around with flowers on our heads and fucking leaves on our titties. But until we grow some balls, until we grow a pair, until we grow a pussy, rather. I don't want to hear nothing about building and energy and healing and light and flowing. Because that verbiage is serving as the basis of a very destructive denial based mechanism that nobody is talking about. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick it. I'm sick of being villainized for talking about shit and animating shit that is prominent in our fucking communities. I'm sick of saying shit that y'all bitches feel. That y'all bitches think about, but y'all so weak that y'all keep it in your minds. I'm sick of being the one to say it and to look crazy as if nobody else says and feels these things or thinks these things. Gossip. Gossip. Gossipers care more than y'all bitches. At least a gossiper gives a fuck. A gossiper wants to know what's up with you. Even if she has to go through talking shit and meddling around, she cares about you. She might be too dysfunctional to go about it in a harmonious way. But if you have enough cognizance and discernment to see what's going on beyond the dysfunction, she cares about you, dum-dum. And y'all done adapted this anti-community, anti-sisterhood, lightworker, European mentality toward interacting with one another. It's disgusting. And me sharing my experiences with men and women and people, sharing that and expressing that to whatever extent I see fit is not destructive, pointless gossip and banter. It's not. Check my track record. Check my work. Check my reviews. Check my credibility. Watch my lives. Participate in my initiatives. Look at my work. Look at what I put into it. Why y'all prance around in, in circles and do nothing. Check my resume. Check my spiritual resume. Ask these fucking women that I've crawled, quarreled with how we worked through it. How ugly it got before it got better. How I circled back around and I showed up and I held space even if I was disgusted. Check my track record before you call me a fucking gossiper. While you sit there and watch your sister suffer in silence and pacify it. Because you're a little girl. And I'm a grown ass fucking woman. And whatever leaves my lips. I can handle what comes thereafter. If what leaves my lips. I end up paying for. I pay for it gladly. If what leaves my lips mean that I end up having to use my hands to fight. I will fight. If what leaves my lips means that I have to go through something uncomfortable, I accept that initiation with open arms because I'm an alchemist. I don't pin people to fixed emotions. I know that we're ever changing. Natural women do not stay the same. They're ex extensions of nature. They expand, they grow, they change, they shift. They do. And to perpetuate and to pretend that there's no space for gossip. There's no space for these uncomfortable things. There's no space. It's, it's the saddest shit ever. And so, I continued to share things with her that I went through that I felt like she would understand. She didn't because she's not real. 
She doesn't want to be real. She's not interested in being real. And furthermore, the basis of most of her relationships are probably fake and pacifying. Where everybody tiptoes around their feelings and stuffs them away so deeply to the point where it's undetectable. That no work is no work is done. And this is not to say that these sisters are not aware that they are not capable and powerful. It's just that they put their power into things that are meaningless when it comes to community and sisterhood. And I'm not saying that these things have to be your priority, but they are mine. And if you call yourself my friend and if you call yourself my supporter and if you say that you love me or have love for me. You try to understand me. You try to understand my work. You take the things that I say and you use your discernment, engage context in tandem with the things that I work on and say and dedicate my motherfucking life to before you pass judgment. Because you have to judge people to understand them. But the extent that you judge and what you do with that judgment is contingent on your character and your closed or narrow mindedness. But that does not negate the disgust that I feel when I see it. And I don't feel guilty about it. Not at all. So eventually. um, I tell her another story about a friend of mine that I actually had a a very large unpacking with just yesterday. That was beautiful. Um, She looked so uncomfortable and I was just like, you know what? I left her a memo after she left and I said, you know what? I'm so sorry that. I dumped that on you because you didn't look very comfortable with listening to me and I should have stopped. But I just thought (laughs) I just thought that if somebody didn't want to hear something, they would just say that they didn't want to hear it or call me out if it was some bullshit. Here she goes. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's great. I'm I'm open. I'm blah, 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 blah. No, you're not. No, you're not. Stop lying in my face. Stop lying to yourself. Fuck me. Take me out of it completely. Stop lying to your fucking self. Have you convinced yourself that this is reality? Because it's not. Maybe your subjective reality, but there's three ty- there's three sides to a story. And if that's your coping mechanism, do you, sis? But that shit is a cancer to life, to community, to sisterhood, to building, to healing, to love. It is eating our communities from the inside out. These types of mentalities, these types of approaches, these levels of denial and fakeness. Right. And so. Eventually she leaves and she cooks another meal, butchers that disgusting, loveless. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Sis, your food straight up told on you. And if you didn't want to cook, why do you keep trying to cook for people you're not fucking with? Right. So imagine how I feel not being judgmental and accepting her for all of her denial and fakeness and pretentiousness, because I know who she is or who she was before whatever took place before she was in the sunken place, because I had so much love for that version of her Um, eating her nasty food, her loveless food, her, her indigestible food and getting sick from it. I got sick from it. I was nauseous after the second meal. The first meal wouldn't digest and I had a painful stomach ache. That was the most loveless meal that I've had in a long time. And that was very irresponsible of her as a woman. As a woman 
You're supposed to nurture and, and, and care and love through your creations. And that was destructive. It may not have looked like the destruction that you acknowledge in gossip or fighting or arguing, but that was destructive too. It was just more undetectable. If you're spiritually immature. And so she leaves and we don't speak again. And I'm fine with it because I was so glad for her to be gone because it was just like, I can't even move in here. I can't even, you know, I, I don't do well with fake shit in any regard. Despite love that I have for people, I don't do well with it. And she hits me up weeks later and says, hey, can I have that number to so-and-so and so-and-so? And I was like, hello to you, too. I'm doing well. Thank you. And I just sent her what she what she came for. And she sent me kissy faces. And I was just like <laughs> the first thought that came in my head, which was probably from my bloodline or some ancestors way, way down the line. I was like, you white bitch. That's literally the first thought that came to my head. You white bitch. Because white girls do shit like that. That come from white culture, European culture. They have no cognizance or awareness of the, the entitlement and the, the lack of consideration that they have for others. Not all white girls, but white girls that just aren't aware of themselves and, and what they come from and haven't delved into the ignorance of what they come from. Just like, quote unquote, black people. Racist white people, entitled white people, colonizer like white people and ignorant ass, toxic ass, victim based black people. They all fall in the same boat to me. If they don't get it together, they're cancers to this planet. One isn't any less of a cancer because their skin is brown. Though I can resonate why that cancer has I can resonate with and understand why the cancer on the black behalf has evolved into a cancer rather than the white because I didn't grow up in white culture if that's even if they even have a culture so when she texted me and she didn't ask me how I was and this is not something that I expect but I remember when she finally left my house and I was like I looked at Zach and I said babe I feel used and it wasn't that I felt that she came over to use my things and only came over for that. I felt a lack of reciprocity and I felt robbed of my my space and my time. Something that she probably did not want to do. Something that she did not resonate with. And she did it anyway. And left her sludgy ass, dark ass energy all over my home. Put it all into the food that I bought for her to cook. As per her request. And she fed my family and it, it fucked up all of our digestive systems. So you came in and you left all of your shit, even though you thought you were keeping it inside, even though you thought that you could lie your way through it, even though you thought that you can be fake about it. You left your shit all over my house and in our in our guts. And we had to process your stuff. We had to process your stuff. But you're so irresponsible and so inauthentic and so spiritually immature. And so worried about gossip, which I'm going to get to in a second. That you didn't even realize that what you just did in being so fucking fake was worse. I would have rather you have not come at all. I would have rather have had my lover cook for me and me be nourished. And my son not have to eat greasy ass Heavy, heavily fried foods that he never eats. I would have rather I just stick to my routine and, and lose a fucking perceived friendship 
than to go through something like that. Because women don't want to be responsible for being creators in this realm. Out of fear and, and out of just warped value systems, really. And so I sat on it for a while and I reached out to her today, actually, and I expressed myself. I told her how pretentious she is. I told her that it looks like she's in a dark place. I told her that she does not seem happy. I told her that she doesn't seem like herself and that I don't know what happened where she was, but it served to do something to her that I don't fuck with and and amongst many other things. So picking back up on part two of the dark truth behind gossip, spiritual immaturity and authenticity. Um, I told her how I felt. I told her that she wasn't real um, in so many words. And she expressed the trauma that she had regarding people that talk about people when she's around, usually speaking about her. And I, I never did anything of the sort, which just goes to show you how blinding trauma is, unaddressed, unprocessed trauma. And this... The extent of unprocessed, unaddressed trauma creates this illusion that what happened to you 15 years ago is now happening to you 15 years later, when that could be nothing short of true or untrue, rather. And for me to know and have gone so hard to hold her on such a pedestal, not because I just do that, but because I really, really had love for her. And I wasn't just saying it. I thought she was a beautiful person. Beautiful person. And she still is underneath all that fuck shit. But I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't see that fuck shit just to coexist with you. And I don't want to coexist with you if you can't be real with me about how you feel. If I got to poke and probe and, and make statements and do all of this this other shit just to make you say something real. Right. So she shared that with me and I explained to her for the second time that my work is centered around shadow work, unpacking things, dealing with the dark, nitty gritty, forbidden, undesirable aspects of human nature, of spirituality, of ancestry. That's my life's work. It bleeds out to, into everything, into my relationships, into my friendships, into my, my familial relationships, into, into motherhood. It bleeds out into everything. I can't help myself and I'm not trying to. And of all of the, pri- uh, all of the admiration that she claimed to have had for me upon first meeting me and, oh, you inspired me to move to the tropics and this and this and this and that and paying so much homage and reverence and, and all these things that she did, you would think, you would think that she understood the nature of my work and the fact that it is an all-encompassing thing. But she didn't because she does not process her traumas. She does not hold herself accountable. And from my vantage point, isn't very interested and wants to be around people just like that. And it broke my heart. So... I explained all of that to her and I said, you know, you could have just said something. We could have unpacked that right there. Or I could have just shut the fuck up. I know when somebody can't handle my mouth. And even when I apologized because I saw how uncomfortable you were with whatever I was saying and however that made you feel and how 
cowardly you were about accepting how it made you feel and expressing it. I apologized and you pretended like I had no need to apologize. You pretended that there was no problem. And it's the saddest, most pathetic, weak shit that I've ever seen. And I mean that with with love and I mean that with disappointment. You girls, you you ladies, you disappoint the shit out of me. I disappoint myself, but goddamn, like some of y'all don't even show up to the party. You know? And so I think she began listening to my first memo where I just laid it out for her about how unreal she was and she she was she's such a goddamn light worker that I don't even think she listened to the second one because she couldn't handle it. And I expected that. And I said, you know what? Don't even respond to me. And you ain't got to be real with me. But I pray to whatever source force that you you allow to govern you through this shit. That at the very least, you're you're real with yourself. Fuck me. Take me out of it completely. You don't owe me shit. But I hope that when you're in that room by yourself, you know how little you hold yourself accountable And how little space you're able and capable of holding for sisters. And how much you're not a friend. And how much your friendship is contingent on pacification and coddling and lightworker shit and delusion. I hope that when you go to bed at night, you understand that at the very least about yourself. And are okay with that. And you don't have to revisit it with me. But it's going to revisit you. It's going to revisit you. You can't run from it. You ain't getting away from that. All these fucked up situations that have happened, that's you. Betrayals, manipulation, exposure, that's you. How you feel about me, that's you. How you perceive me, that's you. And if you were at at, at, at least a a percentage of accepting of that, a fragment of accepting of that, You would be capable of holding space, not to owe me an explanation or to act like your value system should be my value system or that we should have the same value system. But because you want your words and what you exude and your fucking persona to actually match who you are so that things are consistent. But to to her this young lady that I'm speaking about and to every other woman that does this twisted psychological shit that where they think they're 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 one-upping people and and uh it what is it separating themselves from people and not wanting to be a part of the drama you are hurting and isolating your fucking self you're missing out you're never gonna feel real sisterhood You're going to be coddled through your shadows and they're going to consume you if you don't look in that goddamn direction. That's how it go. And experience is the best teacher. So I ain't even mad. But however, I am hurt. I am disgusted. I am disappointed. At how cowardly women have become. And if I have to embarrass myself. And gossip. And expose myself and throw myself under the bus just so that y'all can see that there's light at the end of this dark tunnel. 
I'm going to do that. Not because y'all need me to, y'all ask me to, but because I need that. I need that. I want to see that manifest outside of myself. I don't want to see this type of shit manifest outside of myself. And I acknowledge that even she was a part of me that I had to see. Because something that I impact with another sister just yesterday night was all about me not being real and upfront with how I felt and holding it in. And yesterday I exploded. I did what this young lady could not do. And in that moment, I was able to feel the guilt and the heaviness and the shame and the, 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 the lack of space that I actually have for my sisters, even though I like to believe otherwise sometimes. I got to see that firsthand and hold myself accountable and unpack it with a sister that was more than willing than this young lady could ever be. Not saying that she never will be, but right now it's not a prerogative of hers. And that's okay. But I'm so elated outside of all of the the sadness and the the just the, the disgust and it's going to go away as I further unpack it, but I'm so happy that I released any residue, any aspect of myself that was doing what this girl was doing. Not with everybody, but with some people. And by some people, I mean the the sister that I unpacked a bunch of other stuff with yesterday night. And I'm thankful for her for holding space for me to get that out and to show up and to be real to the extent that she could be. You're brave. When you show up, even if it hurts, even if it's scary, even if you're ashamed, even if your your shadows swallow you, when you show up any fucking way, you got my respect. We don't got to be friends. We don't got to be best friends. We don't even got to be uh, affiliated. But I, you have my respect. And if you're in my space and someone tries to violate you, I will still protect you out of respect for you not being a fucking coward. And again, while I understand that lessons have to be learned at whatever the person's timeline or time frame is, These are my subjective emotions. This is how these things made me feel. And I'm shameless in my expression of it. And this is why I get on my platforms, be it my podcast or my Instagram live. And I share this part of myself with you guys. Because I I want you guys to know that it is real and it is raw and it can be ugly and it can be harsh. But when we express these things, we're letting out something that somebody's aunt or uncle or mother or brother or sister said to them. And and they passed it on to them and it became a virus that we just keep passing around. We need to stop passing around this fucking virus. We need to stop. And if it has to start, start with me, and if I have to put myself in the fire... Just to be an example of the way that that might look and how good that might not feel. I'll eat that. I'll do that. But I just, as we pursue sisterhood and healing women and healing mothers, as we pursue that, I need all of you women to know that authenticity is necessary. 
not for Instagram, not for reading somebody for filth, not for calling somebody out, not for exposing somebody, not all of that shit. However you feel, petty, dark, shady, destructive, dysfunctional, own it. That is the only way you release it. You have to own it and feel the, the, the pending shame and guilt. You have to. If you want to really release it, you don't just stop and hold it in and act like it went away. It didn't go away. You can pretend that you want to be the bigger person, but your whole face will tell it all. We're not stupid. No one's stupid. Just because I'm the only one saying it and everybody else is just watching you does not mean that the world is stupid and that you're not transparent. You're just spiritually immature. And you hide behind inauthenticity because that's what makes this corporate fucking systemic society rotate. It rotates on disharmony and dysfunction. And if you want to continue to participate in that world, be my guest. But if you come up into my realm or if you manifest me, just know you're on to something. And even while I'm irritated and I'm disgusted and I'm sad and I I feel all of these ways, I still have space for my sisters. Because I did that work. I can say all of this and if she wanted to have this conversation, I could have a conversation tomorrow, tonight. But I know when somebody is not interested in something. I know when someone is pretending. I know when someone doesn't love themselves. And I'm not going to pretend that I can love you harder than... You can love yourself until you embark on that journey. I can't love you better than you. I can't show up for you more than you. And I'm not going to act like that's that's a an honorable thing or even a thing that's possible because it's not. It's not. And I will that this podcast episode, this hiatus that I just came out of, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys resonate with it and I hope that it challenges you guys and encourages you guys to be real about whatever emotions that you have, about whatever feelings that you have, about whatever shady or petty thing or dysfunctional thing or toxic thing that you do. Own it. You are not that thing forever. But if you hold it in and you act fake and you act like you care and you fucking don't, that's more fixed than embodying an emotion that will come and go. Don't let these European ideals influence you to hold in your authentic emotions and be the bigger person and put on this facade that completely clashes with the way that you feel. You dishonor yourself. You rob yourself of sisterhood, of realness, of rawness, of authenticity. You rob your damn self. You're not saving face. You're not winning nothing. You're not getting no badge of honor. You don't get no fucking trophy when you dress up in that fucking clown suit and pretend to be something that you're not. You don't get any cool points because you do it on a platform where everybody is not self-aware, where most people are not self-aware. You don't get cool points because of that. So think twice before you think that you're going to hop on a platform where everybody is pretending we're thinking that you're going to just blend in when your sisters see you. 
your sisters see you. And by sisters, I don't mean your best friends and your friends and the people that you enjoy. I mean the ones that see you and hold space for you in any expression of consciousness that you embody. Not just the love and light ones and the playful ones and the happy ones and the, 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 the denial-based ones. Those are your sisters, whether you acknowledge it or not. And whenever you're ready to come 360 and hold space and deal with yourself, we're going to be here. We're doing it regardless of what you do. You ain't nothing but a drop in the ocean of women that are, are hungry to get up out of this fake shit. You keep the virus spreading. But we're going to outnumber you. And you better, you better get on this train while it's going because... When all that fake shit don't work no more, because it, it ends up not working anymore, it's not sustainable, <laughs> your shadows will consume you. And even in that moment, we still going to be here. We still going to be here. So I love y'all. Thank you for holding this space for me. I thank me for holding this space for myself. And... See you guys on the flip side.